Sometimes I guess there just aren't enough rocks. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. You mean to wish me a good morning? What do you mean that it is a good morning whether I want it or not? Please go away. Let me speak for the love of God. And I wonder if listeners can guess what Oscar-winning movie that song is from. I wonder. I certainly can't. No? <laughs> I haven't prepped you for it. No. <laughs> you, you, you just told me the name off, uh, off air and I was like, oh, that's nice. But I... Uh, <laughs> is it from Forrest Gump? It is from Forrest Gump, for what it's worth, by Buffalo Springfield. I like coming in with a good song. <laughs> You know, I, like, I like coming in a good song. We, <laughs> we still sound very... Two, two, two are good songs. We still sound very weird and echoey and distant, even though we are right here together. Yes. I, I like that. I like the uh, reverberation. I think it makes my voice sound even better. Well, next week won't be the case because, uh, I mean, I, we haven't tested the new studio environment yet. Yeah. It might be worse. <laughs> you, I mean, I, I believe you said that you're not setting up your, your collection in the in the recording studio. Yes, well. So unless you plan to uh, jump on <laughs> Facebook Marketplace and buy yourself some soundproof uh, uh, pads that you place on the wall to, to deafen the... The vibration is standing exactly the same. Might be like just the demise of the, the podcast entirely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's unlistenable. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it was always unlistenable. It was always a hard listen, but now it's unlistenable. Well, this is what they get. So, <laughs> <laughs> Happy week, everybody. Welcome to Good Movie Monday, the weekly podcast dedicated to nerdy cinematic ramblings. I'm Glenn Cochran, and the handsome baritone from afar over there is Ben Helwig. Good day to you, sir. Good day to you, sir. <laughs> a warm welcome to all of our newcomers who are listening for the first time. You can find Good Movie Monday on all the podcast platforms. Newsly would be our recommended uh, platform there, Ben. Yes, I always uh, listen to this podcast on Newsly. It's a free app that um, you can have in the palm of your hand and you can get a free bonus month worth of premium if you use the code M-N-D-A-Y, Monday without the O. So there lies the plug. <laughs> That's all I need to do. So coming up, we're going to be shooting the shit and talking about movies because uh, that's what we do on this podcast. But it is Oscars week and therefore we are going to turn our attention a little bit later on to the Oscars. That's why you're wearing the tuxedo. That is right. And that's why your face is so red from the slap. From the slap, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. Um, it's going to be an interesting one. We're back in, you know, the Oscars for the last few years have been just like a nomination list of like, what, 20 titles or something. It's ridiculous. But the, the actual ceremonies have been pretty lacklustre because of the whole COVID thing and... Well, just in general. And But in general, like, I mean, I remember, I remember when I was a younger man and Billy Crystal was the host of the Oscars and it was like, it was such a good show. And I used to get furious at Channel 9 mm -hmm. for congratulating the winners during the day. I know. Ahead of the actual... Uh, well, thank God for, for streaming platforms now because we can watch them you live. Can watch it live yeah. you know? I mean, Americans that listen to this have no idea the troubles that we have. Like, yeah. Nobody knows. Like <laughs> 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 so we do have other stuff to talk about on the show, though. So keep listening. Jared Garn is coming up in a few minutes to tell us all about physical media, and we'll be talking to him directly. Uh, and then a bit later on, the guys from the American podcast Bonehead Weekly will be imparting their Kentucky branded drivel upon us. 
Um, before we go any further, soaked though, Ben. In, soaked in dribble. dribble? One, one thing I wanted to talk about before we do move on is the fact that because, you know, we are shifting locations with the podcast, um, we're not doing as many videos at the moment. And normally we do reaction videos. We went and saw Creed 3 last week. It did open in cinemas last week, but we never got a chance to put our opinions out there. So I'm wondering, I haven't even spoken to you about this yet. Hmm. What did you think of Creed 3? I thought it was a bit high on the melodrama. Yes, I agree. But don't you reckon that that kind of is in line with, like, say, your Rocky Three? Like, it's sort of it's taking the same trajectory as the Rocky franchise. Yeah, but Rocky Three, <laughs> Rocky Three had Ivan Drago in it. Um, no, that's number four. Mr. Four? T was, was number Mr. three. Mr. T number yeah, three. Yeah, and I reckon that was really sappy on the melodrama. However, you know what? Was it? We're going to talk about like you know, Creed mm. Three here, but I did watch that Rocky versus Drago director's cut of Part Four of yeah. Rocky Four. What an improvement! I mean, I always enjoyed the film anyway. It's still full of montages, but they've taken stupid shit out. They've rearranged it a bit and it just makes more sense. Yeah, but if there's not a montage of montages, then I'm not interested. (laughs) Which is the best Well, they even do a montage in the final fight. Yeah. A montage of the fight we just had. (laughs) But Creed 3, look, my opinion is that um, I really enjoy this franchise. Like, it's, It's essentially Rocky, what, 9, I think now? Look, my problem with the franchise, Mm. the thing that's like... Is that he's a rich kid? Yeah. Like, yes, he spent a bit of time in a group home, mm-hmm. and which they really belabor, and he's got PTSD because of it. Like, get over it. Yeah. Get over it, Creed. Yeah. <laughs> you grew up in a Bel Air mansion. Even the start of the film, you're being snuck out of your Bel Air mansion. <laughs> it's like, you know, how hard did you struggle? Well, I mean, I guess in the first Creed film, he was rags to riches, a bit like Rocky. But he's not rags. It's just because he, he is, he's actually like said, I don't want any of your money. Yeah. But he could have it. It's, you know, <laughs> it's like that pulp song. You know, you can just call, you can just call his mum and stop it all. No, that's true. That is true. So, you know, he like, and, but that, and that's fine. But I, I felt like because of that, mm-hmm. the melodrama feels inadequate i agree with you on the melodrama like, it's yep. just you know and the fights the cinematography is great during mm-hmm. the fight scenes yeah really good like almost to the to a like a, a point of view boxing game that you used to play yeah, when yeah. you're a kid kind of thing yeah. like you know the way they they move and duck around the, the punches and stuff it's great but the even the final fight didn't really feel that uh, the stakes didn't seem that high. Yes. No, the issue I had with the final fight was pretty much the fantasy sequence. So there's a moment there where the, yeah. the, the crowd drifts away. Suddenly it's two guys in a ring, no one else around, and it turns into a fucking jail cell. And yeah. it's like that to me is just rookie mistake. It's, it's um, what, who directed it? What's his name, the actor? Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan directed Creed it. directed it. And, I, and he's, he's pulled a Stallone. He's you know, directing yeah. his own sequel. But I feel like that's the fault of a newcomer kind of being too ambitious. Like, I've got a great idea. Imagine if the audience drifted away and it's like, well, does the audience want to see that? It's just these two old friends. But what, I'll, what I'll give it though, I think that Jonathan Majors is one of the best villains or rivals or foes that the, the series has ever had. And look, I'm no expert on the American judicial system. Yeah. But it does seem, a, and maybe there is a three-strike you're out kind of thing, mm-hmm. but considering what crime he committed... Yep. 18 years seems a bit excessive and they don't talk about, you know, did he do something in prison to get it extended or... I'm surprised they didn't bring the race card into that just to discuss, you know, like incarceration rates mm. and things like that, which um, was interesting. Yeah, they stayed away from a lot of that, yeah. sh- like that whole thing, that, you know, which was... 
But you've got Ryan Coogler as a producer who directed the first one, and like I think you know if anyone's going to tell that kind of story, they would have. But yeah, interesting. But then sometimes you know, sometimes those producer credits when you're in a franchise, <laughs> it's like an honorary <laughs> thing. Like yeah, that's, I know. it's in your contract from I the know. first one. I do think he had a little bit of involvement behind the scenes. But regardless, look, I like Jonathan Majors. He saved it for me. I just think he's a really good foe, you know foe for for Creed. Yeah, um, I almost wish he it, the movie was. Uh, that's actually the downside. Mm. It would have been a better film had Creed stepped aside because he's retired and he legitimately... Why couldn't he just legitimately help his friend? Interesting. And his friend is the Rocky character. I agree. Who... Because Michael B. Jordan has said recently in the press junkets that he has plans for the Creed series moving forward and it may be spin-off related as opposed to Creed. Um, Maybe it's just the fact... But he just had to get... No, but... Yeah, just to answer all the critics, if Creed did fight this guy, <laughs> Creed would win. I think it's more like... I'm surprised they didn't bring Rocky back and get him to fight Rocky. Oh, there's, there, there's, there, was Rocky. A, there was a little bit of fallout between Stallone and the producers, I believe. But yeah. um, oh, Of course. But also, I'm glad Rocky wasn't in it because this allowed Creed to step out of the shadows mm. and be his own thing. But anyway, we've probably spent enough as much time on that as we would have a video. Yeah. Um, we probably got more out of that discussion than we would have on a video. Because um, let's face it, we're not very good at videos. <laughs> I hate them. I, I hate the videos. Whoa, man, you just ran through a big pile of dog shit. It happens. Well, Ben, it's that time of show where we are. Throw to Jared and he's right here. How are you, mate? <laughs> Very good, gentlemen, yourselves? Yes, I'm doing good. I'm really keen to know what's coming out this week on uh, Home Entertainment. <laughs> well, it won't take me long to tell you because guess what? There's nothing coming out on Home Entertainment this week. Absolutely zilch. I thought it was really odd that you hadn't sent that brief. Ah, yes, of course, of what's coming out. Of what's coming out. It feels like the release schedules are becoming more fortnightly as things go on. I know that, like, Mad Men, I think they do a a drop twice a month. So they'll do, like, the first week of the month and then the third week of the month or something of that nature. And maybe that's what's kind of happening even with the majors now too. But I'm not going to leave you in the lurch. I actually thought I'd come prepared with some info. And that info pertains to the recent release of that Rocky 4K collection, the Knockout collection. Mm-hmm. just came out in stores in the first week of March. And unfortunately, there's issues with the release globally, unfortunately. Some pretty major issues too and issues that affect every single one of the films. Well, maybe maybe only one cut of Rocky Four, but anyway. I was going to say, is it because Sylvester Stallone is in all of them? Is that the <laughs> issue? Is that the issue? No, well, seemingly he wouldn't have a problem with that. I, I think it's just when they they decide to do things behind his back, he, he cracks the sads and says, "Where's my cash dollar?" But no, there's audio issues on number one. Apparently, the mono mix on that is just a fold down of the five point one track. So. It's really been advertised incorrectly. You know, if you're a huge audiophile and want to experience the film as it was seen uh, theatrically and probably on previous DVD releases and Blu-ray releases, then Rocky Two has all of the foreign language audio tracks at the wrong pitch. Doesn't really bother me. I'm probably not likely listen to an international dub of it, but I understand that is an there's issue. A, there's only one way you can say precisely, <laughs> but I, 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 I do want to see. I want to hear that in another language with a slightly different accent and then subtitled back into English to see what it comes back as. It's super entertaining. (laughs) It's like, you know, when you go on Netflix and you watch a show and they've automatically set it to the English dub and you're like, is it the same five people in Europe recording all of these? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That is the go-to. 
go-to yeah. people. Well, actually, I do make an error. It was Rocky 2. Rocky 2 has issues uh, with the pitch on all the audio tracks. So it's not just the foreign, it's the English. But the third one has the issue with pitch on all the foreign language tracks. Can I, and then can I just jump, four, can I jump in for one second just tell you a yeah. funny story, right? Talking about like dub and things like that, how Netflix automatically you know, have it set to English. I was at a, an event recently with a whole bunch of movie critics and, and industry people. And I overheard a conversation of, uh, about the Oscars and how outraged two of them were, these people that all quiet on the Western front was nominated for an Oscar when it's a, it's a dubbed film. <laughs> so oh they, my God. <laughs> they clearly had it set to the wrong setting oh, and didn't pick up on it. And I'm like, that's, wow, that's, that's a, incredible. You guys, you guys are supposed to know. <laughs> My only argument for that being nominated for Best Picture is it almost shouldn't be nominated for Best International Feature. I feel that you can't get two bites of the cherry, to be honest. You know, I think that's just, you know, it's a bit too much. But, I mean, we do it at Monster Fest, obviously. When we do the awards, we've got the Golden Monster, which could be a film from anywhere. And then we also have, you know, yeah. Best Australian Films. So, you ben know, and I are going to get stuck of... into that a bit later on. Oh, well, there you go. I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on that one. But also, so there's an issue with Rocky Four as well. Rocky Four has uh, one of the shots in the film is incorrectly framed. So you're watching the film like in, you know, 185 to 1, and then it opens up to 178 to 1 for a shot. So, I mean, it's probably a blink and miss it thing. But these these studios, do they actually have QC? Like, I mean, I know the, you know, the boutique labels, this is a common occurrence with Arrow, with Scream Factory and, you know, people take them to task, you know, about mm. it. But this is a major studio and a global release. So it's not just on Roadshow's part, although maybe they should have been checking the discs. You know, this isn't I, the I first watched, time it's happened. I watched the um, the Rocky vs. Drago cut on that collection um, ah, a few yes. days ago. And I must admit, like, I was also in my computer at the same time. So maybe I did blink and miss it, you, but you I could pick it, up but... on it. But it might not be in that cut. It could actually yeah. just be in the theatrical of Rocky yeah. Four. I'm not. I'm not 100 certain as to which one. But no news as to whether there'll be any kind of exchange. I mean, we live in Australia, so there's probably never going to be a replacement thing. They'll do it in the states, and of course, the US won't honour Australian purchases. So anyway, I just wanted to bring you guys up to speed on one of the uh, one of the failures of one of the most <laughs> anticipated releases of the year. We can only it look makes, forward to what Superman It makes for good conversation, yeah. yeah. I do, does, I do feel like uh, if the internet didn't exist, no one would know about 90% of these problems. Like, <laughs> yeah. there'd, oh, be, true. there'd be it's one true. angry nerd in the basement. <laughs> if Jared didn't exist, nobody wow, would know this about is true. <laughs> this, this is true. I would, I would definitely, I mean, I remember seeing things on disc and, you know, and not realising that people were talking, talking about them on the internet and going, fucking hell what's wrong with this but i mean we had our fair share of problems with the old monster pictures back in the day stag neither living dead that was that was one of my favorites <laughs> i think that that stopped about three quarters through and looped back to the start of the movie and i tried it in multiple players i never did get to see the final act of that film and yeah, he's yeah, been looking know, as if they never even picked that up on it Maybe no, I, I didn't was the know only about person that, that purchased it or at least the only person that purchased it. it and watched it yes yeah. Yes, exactly. But I will tell you some titles that are coming out. Of course, you know, uh, The Whale is huge talk at the moment. It's doing Thunderous <laughs> Trade. Obviously, it's not made no the Oscars. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming to home entertainment. And thankfully, it's coming out on Blu-ray and DVD. Mad Men are seeing fit to do a Blu-ray release of this one. And there's even an exclusive artwork to JB Hi-Fi of the release as well, which is actually pretty cool art. That one's coming out April 19th. 
And then Mad Men also had Pearl coming out on home entertainment on May 24th. And they're doing that on DVD and Blu-ray. And there's going to be a JB exclusive cover as well for that release. Now, I'm excited that JB is going to get some exclusive art, but can JB talk to Roadshow and get him to release X on Blu-ray? Yeah. I mean, you know, what's the point of yeah. having the second film, the prequel to the film on Blu-ray and the first one on DVD? It's it's mixed up business. But Biovision, this is an interesting one. Biovision are finally going to release. They, they sort of hinted at it a little while ago. Reservoir Dogs on 4K Ultra HD, and it's coming out May 31st. But don't get too excited, folks, because at this stage... I believe it's only the 4K Ultra HD and Blu-ray. So it's just a two-disc set, but it's going to be housed in a hard box with a lenticular cover in that. And they want you to pay $89.95 recommended retail for that. But you could just go on the internet and for $35, you can get the US release with a slip cover. It's not <laughs> lenticular. It's not hard. Uh, but it does come just with the 4K and all the same special features that are on the 4K or on the Blu-ray, unless they're authoring a new Blu-ray over here or they've got extra discs. I don't know, $90 sounds yeah. like, it sounds like a trap. It sounds like that Saw Ultimate Collection or that Dirty Dancing Keepsake Collection, or I don't know what to call it, or that War of the Worlds imprint release. I don't know. They've got to reassess the business model there. I think just do a standard version. Well, you know, there's a, there's a whole bucks. new generation of teenagers now that you know have something to get suspended from school over because I got suspended well, from bootlegging Reservoir Dogs on VHS. Precisely. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They can they can be burning copies on disc or just digitally distributing it. <laughs> but uh, one last release that I do want to mention. Obviously, you lads love this film theatrically. I I quite enjoyed it. Cocaine Bear. It's oh. coming out May 24th from Universal Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. It's coming out on Blu-ray and DVD. And while I don't have any special features to tell you at this stage, it apparently is going to be a special edition. So I don't think it'll be in an alternate cut of the film because I think it's as grisly as it gets, pun definitely intended, on the big screen. But it, there's probably going to be a commentary and some deleted scenes and featurettes. Or let's face it, there's probably going to be three marketing featurettes and they're just I mean, a, yeah. a fancy edition title. Oh. I mean, to be honest with you, the only thing I think that could possibly ruin that film is to listen to Elizabeth Banks talking over it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true too. That's very true. I mean, maybe that's just maybe that's just me because it took a it took a bit to forget that she had directed it. Uh, I know. I will say as well, there is. I'm not sure if it's going to be next week or the week after, but um, the box is of Bert, an announcement. Of oh yes, Umbrella no, I know it is coming. coming. Out, uh, web it is store. coming. It's coming out like the Hammer Hammer uh, Triple Shock box set. They're now they're releasing them seemingly a month prior exclusive to the umbrella web store and then the following month that it comes out trade wide so i think box of bird is out later this month through the um, if, you, if you've purchased it on the umbrella web store but you have to wait you have to wait if you want to get that uh sweet sweet jb hi-fi 20 percent <laughs> off sale uh version uh for another month I believe they might actually be dropping it in stores roughly around the same time, funnily enough. I think I saw the, it not, I think it might be next week it might be coming out. Uh, JB's at least got it listed on their site as then as to whether or not. So there's a very good chance you could probably go into JB and grab it faster than you'll get. This is art, the Terrifier box set from Umbrella. <laughs> like I say, um, it's, it's amazing, <laughs> it's amazing uh, the information that you get from Umbrella Direct versus the umbra the information you get from JB Hi-Fi when they're conflicting and you're like, I think I trust JB Hi-Fi a bit more than I trust uh, the... Uh... I would like to say that, but I did go into JB Hi-Fi with the intention of buying Death of Bronzebeck with that beautiful slipcover, but it turns out that was definitely exclusive to the Umbrella Web Store. 
uh, <laughs> and the trade wide release was sand slip, but they've since updated the image. Was it the Brunswick JB? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Maybe Might it was exclusive to them. The first press. Yeah, exactly. There we go. <laughs> anyway, gents, that's it. That's it for me for this week. I will bring news of releases next week, including the box of Bert. Uh, <laughs> so Ben will be very pleased. Um, and it's probably the best release of the week. So I'll go to town on telling you all about it. But yeah, it'll be Sands, all that awesome stuff that Umbrella had in that deluxe set that had like a bumper bar sticker and a air freshener and. Um, a faux mustache and some Sally Field nudes and some, I don't know what else was in that set. <laughs> and the private collection of Burt Reynolds. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All his <laughs> leading lady. All his leading lady in the butt. I don't need to see Lonnie Anderson naked. <laughs> no, in the, in, in maybe the, um, before all that surgery, yeah, maybe. In, in the, in the uh, yeah, in the, in the um, stroke race days. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. was something to see. That was she was the Pamela Anderson before there was Pamela Anderson. We must, uh, it just we must press last, on. It just <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, mate. With we're um absolute we're pleasure. Carry on with something now that we um we haven't done on the show before, so that'll be interesting. Well, raccoons trying to get on our back porch. Mama just chasing them off with a broom. Let's do something new, but not new that um, we haven't done on the show before, but we do all the time on on our social media posts. Essentially, lucky dip, but we're going to do like a wheelie spin and it's going to come up with topics and we just talk about them unscripted and and it might last 10 seconds, it might last 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm on the record for not liking this. <laughs> but you were the one that kind of have been implying that the less the less prep involved, the better. So this No, is, this no <laughs> I've been implying that I don't do any prep. <laughs> not that I don't want the... Uh, I am... Look, I juggle a few things and I'm trying to make it easier on myself by not having any kind of plan here. So I actually just have some topics on a spinny wheel and we're going to spin yep. it and uh, see what it comes up, up with. Hopefully you can hear the spinny wheel. It's going to be awkward if you can't. Here we go. That's what post is for. Feels like I'm jaywalking. <laughs> it does. All right. What came up? Do, 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 do. Comparable, yeah, we got a round of applause there. Comparable movies to Lord of the Rings. So this is up your alley. This is, you know, fantasy. Fantasy movies. Fantasy movies. What would you say is the most comparable movie to Lord of the Rings? I personally would probably... The original Dungeons and Dragons movie? No. <laughs> well, I mean, I would feel naturally you'd kind of have to say Narnia. Like the Narnia stories, simply because of the two authors piggybacking off each other in real life with ideas. Yeah. Um, Maybe never ending story. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. Like I, you know, books wise, I could I could think of things, but uh, <laughs> wise, this, this is, is this is why this I wanted the. Uh, <laughs> just tell me beforehand, and I can uh, look things up on the internet. Because I, as I'm getting older, yeah, the dementia is setting in. <laughs> type four diabetes or type three diabetes. <laughs> My memory ain't what it used to be. So I can't think of things on the fly. So, the, okay, the Death Stalker series. Let me help the you. The Death Stalker series let, are the most comparable to the Lord of the Rings. Okay, I don't know that, but let me let me help you. Like, pretend, cast your mind back. You're working in the video store behind the counter. Some dickhead yeah. walks in. What have you got that's like Lord of the Rings? What would you say? I'd look on the shelf <laughs> and go, Ah, Death Stalker Two is the one you want. <laughs> this is the best. You don't need to watch Death Stalker One. Or three and four. Just really, just watch okay. uh, Death, Death Stalker 2. Let's pretend uh, a, a nine-year-old comes in. Those barbarians? 
Yeah. Have you seen Barbarians with the Barbarian Brothers? <laughs> the only movie where a guy sold into slavery gets stronger and more buff from being starved and worked to death. Conan, yeah. the Conans. The Conans, of course. The Conans. I mean, I'm just naming fantasy movies. What do you think? I mean, yeah. Like epic fantasy? Because I mean, yeah, Conan is not, that's not really Lord of the Ringsy, is it? Because I don't remember any muscle men in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> no, but there's, and there's no, um, there's giant monsters and stuff. I'm going to stick, no I'm, I'm going to stick with the Chronicles stuff. of Narnia. Like, did you like those Disney versions? I find that Chronicles of Narnia is more like, once again, I'm going to books, but they, mm. you know, they're the 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 ones with the um, the kind of more animal, the anthrop anthropomorphizing yep. of animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is not really present in Lord of the Rings. Like it's a kind of a more of a straight. I guess I'm coming at it fantasy? from more of a like world building kind of point it, of view. Had it worked and yeah. been a decent show, yeah, Wheel of Time, the right. Wheel of Time. Show on, on I vaguely, Prime. I vaguely remember that. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones yep. for me kind of fits in. Yep. I, you know, we're not, I know we're not supposed no. to talk about TV, but for me that that would be what I would recommend. If somebody came into the video store yep. now and said, what have you got that's like Lord of the Rings? I would say, have you seen Game of Thrones? Yeah, radio. That's the one to check out. Sure. Because um, hmm. funnily enough, fantasy, fantasy. I find that fantasy films are the ones that have been the hardest to, to break out of their mm. low budget. Yeah. Like... You forgive a lot in a low-budget fantasy movie like Deathstalker 2. Yep. And you're like, you, you're okay, I get it. Or Conan or whatever. Or you know, Gladiator. Or, Hercules. Not a, Hercules. Mm. Um, Carl the Conqueror. All of that stuff. You're like, okay, even though they weren't particularly low-budget. But, yep. you know, you forgive a lot. But I do love when they're diminished you know. returns, they end up coming to Earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like Beast, Beastmaster would yeah. actually be a pretty good, you know, Beastmaster too. Back in time when he I was, comes, uh, comes I was to thinking Earth. of that and I couldn't remember the name, so I'm glad you said that. Um, they're pretty good, actually. They're all the Don Coscarelli, the first one, and then is it Jim Minorsky, the second? It's one? interesting how your brain goes in one direction and mine goes in another when we're doing this because, like, I am going straight to like I said Narnia, but also um, Never Ending Story. Mm. I'm going more a, a kid based sort of. Yeah. Realm. I'm going the Hobbit direction. You're going in the like the Return of the King direction. <laughs> yeah, Go the, uh, the the low budget. Yeah, the low budget direction. Well, we haven't said uh, Sword and the Sorcerer yet. No, I haven't because I haven't. I don't think I've actually seen the Sword and the Sorcerer. Uh, speaking of which, I, I I stumbled across my poster for that the other day. I was most very happy very about happy it. about that. Yes. Um, uh, okay. Well, cool. Well, that's uh, there you go. That is the gist of this portion of the show. Random nonsense conversations that we can try to make cohesive. Jaded, or maybe. 
looking into what we're talking about Not stepping around it Maybe I don't want to take advice from fools I'll just figure everything is cool Until I hear it from you Until I hear it from you Until I hear it from you How do you rate Empire Records, Ben? The film? Yeah. Uh, Oscar worthy. <laughs> well, that was the Gin Blossoms from the original soundtrack, um, Till I Hear It From You. It's a good song. It's a great I'd, song. thought I'd throw it in there. There's, uh, I mean, there's so many good songs in that soundtrack. <laughs> I mean, that movie is all about the soundtrack, right? really is. When you work at a record store, you're going to want, you know, it's like high fidelity. What's high fidelity without a good soundtrack? Yeah. You'd just be shipbuilding otherwise. We haven't had a good, like, that was a... You missed the, that was a, a high fidelity soundtrack joke. <laughs> Shipbuilding is one of the songs in the soundtrack. I was waiting for the Cosby um, sweater. I could, I could have done that. Yeah. <laughs> I should have said it would have been cold blooded old times, but it doesn't make as much sense. It doesn't. Um, lost my train of thought. But what? No. What I was going to say is we haven't had a, like a this generation. I don't feel has had a movie like High Fidelity or Empire Records, something to celebrate their. I guess what's well, uh, their I guess, Spotify lists. Uh, well, the last. <laughs> funnily enough, you say that the yeah. last one. From my memory, probably is Nick and Nora's Nick and Nora. Infinite, uh, playlist. But, was that, but that's how 10 long? years ago. Yeah, I was going to say, that feels like it was a decade ago. There's yeah. a whole new generation that have come up since That'd then. That'd be like 2008, something yeah. like that, I, I, I want to mm, say. Interesting. I did see that one with Bill Pullman's son actually was a bit playlisty. Anyway, whatever. Uh, what was that one? It was a rom-com where, I don't want to give anything away because there's a character that dies and it's all about the playlist left behind and... Oh, is that Bill Pullman's son? Are you talking about... Uh, no, you're not talking about me, Earl, and the dying girl. No, no, no. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, don't, right. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. I best not talk about it in case I get the synopsis entirely wrong because right. I haven't really thought about it <laughs> since I watched it. Uh, but let's talk about Oscar movies. It's the Oscars this week. Mm-hmm. So, um, in fact, I think the Oscars is tomorrow. I haven't really been paying that much attention to it this year, I'll be honest with you. Nor have I spent much attention on it for the last few years. Even though we did an Oscars show last year, so go figure. <laughs> but let's go through the Oscars for this year and just talk about it. Um, sure. Just go through the major awards, I reckon. Do you want to start with actress, actors, or best film? Which which direction do you want to go? Well, only because I've just brought it up in my phone. Let's <laughs> do best picture first. All right, cool. So I'm going to run through those titles and we can stop and talk about some or all. All Quiet on the Western Front, uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Banshees of Inertion, 
can never pronounce that right. Elvis, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. No wonder it's a long fucking ceremony. It's just getting those names out. They, I mean, they, the reason that they turned it from five to ten films is because... <laughs> uh, 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 not attendance. Viewership on the TV show, yeah, on, yeah. The, on the, te- Pod, the televised broadcast. ceremony, was dropping off because it's always a bunch of art house, yes. adult drama type films, and none of the blockbusters that everyone actually goes to see... Let me, yeah. On uh, that. gets nominated, so on that's that. what they tried to, to add it in. Let me say this about um, about that. So just for work purposes and my day job, I had to do a thing on the Oscars. So I backtracked all the winning films right back from the start and sort of did a countdown. Uh, they used to have nominations like this where there were, you know, like ten successful. No, no, where there were ten nominations, you know, then right. they whittled it down to five and it's like we're back at where it was. Um, but I feel like as far as best film goes, it all came undone think it was with the English patient I think that is where after the English patient it all started becoming a bit like I don't feel like every film is worthy of an Oscar nomination these days yeah and I feel like that when I'm looking at all the different years that have gone since that's where it came undone you know suddenly we didn't care about the quality movies well it's a it is an interesting argument isn't is it is is box office and uh, box office and quality linked I don't well, should I mean so. should they? No, I don't. I don't think so. But it, but how do you decide but what's how do you worthy? Decide? And look, you know, Top Gun Maverick is the perfect example. Of yeah, this, it's a great in one in this because we loved it. We mm-hmm. went to see it. Thought it was great. Do I think it's an Oscar film? Yeah, it's not. Well, not really. You automatically, for me, I automatically look at Avatar and Top Gun and think, what are they doing in there? Right. Yeah. However, I also Top Gun was my number one film of last year, but I look at Top Gun and think, well, technically speaking, it's probably one of the most remarkable of all these like just the what they did to create the movie the torturing of the actors the torturing of the actors are just being practical and and technically you know incredible but you know would i put it on the same you know plane as something like even everything all at once is an odd one in there because it's very very heavily genre based you know mm, like, but it's just weird enough for me to get that outside nomination and it look it's got, it's got a lot of other yeah you know the the uh, it's complex. Name? Key Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah. Short round. Yes. You know, the comeback. <laughs> yeah. The comeback of short round. Yep. And you know the 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 you know the it, the fact that it's a you know almost entirely like not almost entirely but it's just you know a le- led by an Asian cast. Yeah. Like a crazy rich Asians type. Yeah. Well, it's it's like a it's, it's very much an Asian film. Like it's, it's yeah. cut from the cloth of the '90s cinema you and I used to love. You know, go yeah. to Chinatown and watch these and weird watch those, movies. Those kind of movies. Yeah. You know, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, you know, so look, that one doesn't bother me. Banshee's fine. I mean, yeah, but Elvis, look at that. I didn't like Elvis. So no, well, look, yeah. I enjoyed Elvis, but I, I I, think that's the least deserving on this list. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think as much as I love Spielberg, I think The Fablemans doesn't cut the mustard as far as best film goes. It's a film I think will grow on me the more I watch it. Uh, Tar, I thought, was an absolute turd. Um, everyone seems to love it, but I fucking hate well, it. I was going to say, like, so out of this list, I have not seen, I haven't seen Tar, I haven't seen All Quiet on the Western Front, and I haven't seen Women Talking. Yep. And see, I, Triangle of Sadness, I think that's a fantastic film. I yep. loved it. I yep. thought it was great. Oscar worthy. <laughs> and I, you know, I guess with um, with what's her name a couple of years ago with uh, Parasite. Yep. Now the the foreign language films are getting into the into the main category, which is I always find I find that 
interesting because you know what is what is the Academy Awards? I guess the, the Academy are some theoretically global organization. So why are only I feel like one? it should be restricted to American films, and then you have the international award category. Category, yeah. Uh, but then, but then they shouldn't. The Academy, I think they fall into this trap of because you can you can be Australian and be a member of the Academy. Yeah, yeah. So why wouldn't you vote for an Australian film? But it's not <laughs> yeah. truly a global organization. It's still predominantly American. Yeah, yeah. So you know, just stick to it. Other or or go all out and just have. If you're a member of the AFI, then you're a member of the Academy and each country. Yeah. But then you then you get. Countries like China. So you're going to have a Chinese well, film winning every year because maybe, yeah. they've, they've got the population <laughs> or India. It would be but this, maybe this India. is where maybe the Academy needs to really consider if they diversify or if they sort of ring it back in or rein it back in and and be much more and insulated. Th- yeah, and then I guess why is, if, if, if Triangle <laughs> of Sadness is okay, why, is, why uh, isn't okay, then Banshees of Innocence shouldn't be okay either. I know, and, I know. You know. So which of those do you think will win? Which one do you want to win? Look, I would love it if um, Triangle of Sadness won. Wow, cool. Um, but I think... <laughs> I don't know. I think... Look, I haven't seen it, but just by my kind of disregard for about 50% of the films on this list, I, I think maybe Women Talking might tip it at the post. Reckon, I reckon every everywhere everything everywhere all at once is going to take it, the... It probably will. Like it I probably, reckon. It's got a lot of buzz. And look, and, and to be honest... Everyone loves th- listening to Jamie Lee Curtis <sighs> spout her nonsense. Except for me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can't handle no, it. No, I can't either. But you know what? Like half of me really wants that to win because I think it is such a unique kind of film but at the same time I think it's overrated. I'd be much happier if uh, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent was uh, <laughs> there in this place. <laughs> yeah. But I look, I think that will win and I kind of... I'd prefer it if maybe All Quiet on the Western Front won because I think that's quite a remarkable film. Yeah, I so I haven't seen I haven't seen the original one either. Yeah, well, there's several originals. Original, you know, yeah. the, the adaptations are many. Well, you know, oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, I keep getting it mixed up with um, what's that other? There's that Russian um war movie that's supposed to be incredibly gory and. Oh the, yes, I know the one you mean. It's um with the the cover's got the shaved head kid. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Come and see or something like that. Yeah, I know the one you mean. Yeah, and it's yeah. really it's it's over overrated as far as like the um the reputation it has. Like you know people because it was one of those ones that a DVD collection that it's banned you, or whatever it was banned. You yeah. had to get it on import, and it's not all that. Like Schindler's List is worse. Like it's it's yeah. you know not that harrowing as what it, maybe it was back then, but not anymore. They put it up on the same sort of um the same pedestal as Salo and things like that. Yeah. it's not though. It's not. Yeah, right. Uh, but actually, I think the very first All Quiet on the Western Front won an Oscar back in the 1930s yeah. or 20s or whatever. All right, let's move on to... It's no paths of glory, though. <laughs> I will say, though, yeah. I am looking forward to the 2024 slash... Are these the 2022 Oscars? Well, no, they're technically the 23 Oscars, but for films right. that were... Okay. So if you go back to like the Oscars webpage at all the past winners, the first ten years they did it twenty two slash twenty three. Like right. they did because it, well, acknowledge like, that. Yeah, I guess Christmas gets in the way, but why not have the awards on the twelfth of December? Yeah, yeah, totally. I agree you know, completely for that year. Yeah, but um, in that case, I'm looking for, forward to the twenty twenty four Academy Awards where Cocaine Bear will sweep. <laughs> All categories. And, you know, speaking of them having lost their audience over the years, like maybe if they did move it towards Christmas, they would have a much bigger audience. A lot yeah. of people on holidays, a lot of people at home, families around the TV, you know? Yeah. 
Anyway. I mean, quite frankly, I just wish they'd bring back the Teen Choice Awards. <laughs> or the Nickelodeon Nickelodeons. Awards. I want more slime. Yeah. That's what I want. We That's need... what they should do. If the speech goes on too long, they yep. get slime. Oh, but like, no, but it can be like, um, no, I won't say it. I'm going to say the feasties of like, oh, yeah. you know, I don't know. We just get Will Smith no, on stage. He no, can get them off. That, that's what I hope that the producers of this year's ceremony <laughs> have just hired Brendan Gleeson <laughs> to sit on the side of the stage. And if the yeah, if, the, if <laughs> the they shears. go on too long, he cuts off a finger and throws it at them. <laughs> you can have a pinball because you can have Will Smith on one side with a slap, and if they go in that direction, yeah. they get slapped off stage. Other direction, they get limbed off stage. Yeah, they should. That's that, 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 that's a perfect way to reintegrate Will Smith into the academy. He's <laughs> the official slapper. Like you, your speech goes on too long. You have to put your hands behind your back, <laughs> lean forward with a big cheesy grin on your face, and then Will Smith comes and slaps you. <laughs> you slapped me. You really slapped me. Keep your producer's name <laughs> out of your mouth. Shall we speed through the others? You've got Best Actor, right. Best Actress, Supporting Actor, Supporting Actress. So Best Actor, Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for Banshees, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, um, Paul Maskell for After Sun, and Bill Nye for Living. I'm amazed that The Whale was not up for Best Picture. And yet, you know, you got fucking tar up there. Look, I haven't seen it. I have heard some people say it's actually not that good. I loved it. But I, like, I yeah. really loved it. Um, but performance-wise, he definitely, I think he'll take it. And I think he probably deserves it. Yeah. Yeah. But I tell you what, yeah. watching because that movie, I understood that, that fucking addiction to the food that he eats. And I'm thinking, the rest of the people around me are looking at him in disgust. And I'm thinking... That's me oh, on a Saturday night. Like, yeah, wouldn't mind one of those. Yeah, like you it's ordered like three pizzas, I relate. He's having a bang bang. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. There is a moment when he sits on the couch with a bucket of fried chicken and just harrows into it. And I'm like, yep, been there. Yeah, who doesn't do that? Yeah. I guess that's why I am the way I am. <laughs> but I mean, the, the thing I find so weird is that he put on all that fat makeup. Mm. You know, kind of <laughs> in a couple of films recently... He's just had a little bit of extra weight, and you're like, isn't that enough? <laughs> no, to drive the message home for this film, they had to do it. They did. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I guess he's up for the Oscar, really, because a former, you know, one of the beautiful people from Hollywood made himself unattractive. And you know, in the actors' uh, yeah. in the actors uh, <laughs> guild, <laughs> making you say, he's gone, you know, in a, to, to bring it back to, uh, to Thunder. Tropic Thunder? Tropic Thunder. Yeah. He's gone full retail. <laughs> but you know what? I do think his performance transcends the prosthetics he and the makeup. He ugly cries. He's really good just emotionally. He's really good. Anyway, who do you think will win? I think Brendan Fraser. Uh, yeah, All right. sounds about right. All right. Best actress got Kate Blanchett for Tar, uh, Anna Diamas for Blonde, uh, Andrea Riseborough for Leslie, Michelle Williams for The Faithmans, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. I'm hoping Michelle Yeoh wins. Yep. Yep. Uh, almost more for a career rather than just that film. It's it, I find it amazing that she's been nominated considering that she's so unlikable in the film. Yeah, I know. Which is, I, I guess, is great. Look, I, I, I also think Michelle Williams was fucking annoying in Fablemans and yeah. not a performance I would deem worthy of accolades. Yeah, you kind of... I mean, it's, it's one of those things, it's really hard to divorce yourself from... The amount of how you like the character versus yeah. the quality of the performance. Yeah, like you know, if the if the Oscar for best actress was the person who made themselves the most unlikable. Yeah, yeah, it really would be a struggle between <laughs> Michelle Yeoh and Michelle true. Williams. True, that's very true. And and I have seen like footage of Spielberg's mum in the past, and she was a pretty annoying 
But yes, everyone, yeah. So maybe she did nail it. I don't know. But I, I think just, I'm Michelle just, will win it. I'm just upset that they get Cindy Lauper to play. <laughs> what about best supporting actor? You got Brendan Gleeson for Banshees, um, Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway, Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans, which is outrageous as far as I'm concerned. Barry Kean, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Banshees, yeah. and Wei uh, Kwan from Everywhere, Everything Everywhere All at Once. I mean, look, I would love it if Barry Kean won. Yeah, he was I mean, incredible. He's, he's great in that role, but he's great in. Everything, everything. Everything. Except for... <laughs> he's probably still the best thing in the fucking Eternals or whatever. The, oh, yeah. Yeah. That horseshit Marvel movie. That, that broke... That was the straw that broke this camel's back. They've all got to go through the paces, these actors, yeah. you know? Well, who doesn't want that payday? I can't blame them for doing it. Absolutely. But, I mean, what the hell is Judd Hirsch doing in here? He's on screen for five minutes. He, look, but admittedly, for me, he's the best <laughs> thing about Fableman. <laughs> that and the, the John Ford story at the end. Yeah. Why isn't David Lynch in there? Why isn't David Lynch in You know? Yeah. Um, I don't think he... I mean, I, I mean, this is just my opinion. I don't think he spent enough screen time to warrant a best supporting actor... Because uh, he doesn't support the film, like he doesn't support. No, but he supports uh, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh... <laughs> yeah. uh, look, I I think, um, yeah, I think uh, Data from Goonies is gonna. I think he'll do it. Take it, which is fine by me. Like I, I like his comeback story. I think he's milking it a bit too hard on the uh, yeah. on the old social media, but you know. And then I think he'll disappear. It feels very. It feels I was like what else? What other jobs are you, this guy going to get? I don't know. Maybe it's just my cynical nature, but he feels very disingenuous to me when he's yeah. same with Jamie Lee Curtis. They just don't seem like legit when they're heaping on fucking love and affection for everything and everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, best supporting actress Angela Bassett for Wakanda Forever, Hung Chu for The Whale, Kerry Condon for Banshees, Jamie Lee Curtis Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Stephanie Hsu for Everything Everywhere All at Once. I kind of want this one to be Hong Chow for The Whale. I think she was an amazing support actress in that. I haven't seen it. I know. Um, I quite liked um, the actress from uh, Banshees. Oh, yeah. She was Carrie Condon. Carrie Condon. I thought she was pretty good. She was. She's got um, some really good show-stealing moments in that. Yeah, and she for me, she's like a Maureen, Maureen O'Sullivan. Yeah. Type. I, I Yes. I would uh, give up I the Oscars forever if Angela Bassett wins this one. <laughs> Like really, I, I, yeah. Not that I find her an annoying actress, but um, I'm, I'm finding that anything I feel like, to, you know, yeah, um, Maureen O'Hara. Ah, uh, yep, yep. Is the one I meant. I feel like anything that's Wakanda related in the Oscars this year is just tokenistic. Yeah, it's a shit film. We once again I haven't seen it. Yeah, oh, fair enough. Well, who yeah, do you yeah, think yeah. will win, and who do you want to win? I think Kerry, I, th- I want Kerry Condon to win. Yep. Jamie Lee Curtis probably. Yeah, will win. I think Jamie Lee Curtis will She's win. She's done but I want, so much media. I want Hong Chao to win though. Um, I mean, it's. I mean, did she win it or did the sausage fingers well, win it? Well, look, for me, I'm just going to pretend that she won it for perfect. <laughs> I hope they put that on the screen that's when she screen. walks up. Well, that music yeah. when she walks up to a winner award. Oh, wouldn't that like, be good? You had to pretend to find John Travolta attractive. Here's the Oscar. <laughs> Welcome to Bonehead Weekly Fun Size, and we're talking about the Oscars. You know, Chad, those things that we couldn't care less about. When we were kids, when we were younger, even in college, we used to it watch was, it all the time. It was something to look forward to. Yeah, it was. It was. It was our. It was my Super Bowl because I yeah. wasn't really in, uh, for those in uh, in Australia. We that played is, the real uh, football here. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the Oscars were what I look forward to, and now I just honestly could care less. Most of the time, the movies nominated, I don't even want. I, I watch, and I don't get much out of them. Yeah, I will say this year that that is not the case. So what but, we're going to do is go over the top 
or the 10 best picture nominees we're going to talk, give a real quick if we watched it if we liked it whatnot so number one top gun maverick i am just shocked it was nominated not because i still haven't seen it and i'm going to watch it but it is impressive that they got it on the best picture list it was a yeah i did i know this goes against what uh glenn but i i i, I will watch it eventually but i did not care for the first one Neither so I, I was i was not trying to run out of the gate to see the second one um and I, I am not that big of a fan of Tom Cruise. Next is Women Talking. Never saw it with Frances McDormand. Didn't watch it. it. Yeah, but anything with Frances McDormand in it is bound to be entertaining. So now the third one is your favorite movie from last year. I think Everything, this is everywhere all at once. This is what I am most excited about, and I hope if it, I hope it takes everything. This movie is phenomenal. Kehua Kwan um data uh, i thought it was data. daniel kwan no it literally has it listed as daniel kwan no that's wrong it does <laughs> yeah that's sad he's a for he you know he's a great he was a great child actor he was one of my favorites as a kid and to see his performance and everything everywhere all at once be recognized and, Mich and michelle Yao, god i just want these people to win i want them to win everything bancy ban the banshees and ina sharon we both enjoyed that but i don't know that it's best picture material I don't think it's best material either. Um, it again, Mar anything Martin McDonough does is great. Right. But in terms of when you look at his level of greatness, this is not his best film. And I think it's I, one of his least, actually. Yes. Triangle, but it's still great. A triangle of sadness. I didn't see it. A lot of people say it's funny, and I will watch it. Yes. The next is a Fableman's. That was a movie I really wanted to see, especially at the Kentucky. I didn't get a chance. I will watch it. I promise. I think it's a love letter to cinema that I will love, but I haven't watched it. All Quiet on the Western Front is my pick for Best Picture. It was the biggest gut punch of movies that I saw last year. I got to see it while I was kind of recuperating the 1st of January, technically after it is. And it's just a beautifully made, wonderful story, anti-war. Can't just love it. Next. I, I, I will say I don't want it to win because I'm tired of depressing period pieces winning every single Oscar. Yeah, this is just such a good movie. That's why I want everything, everywhere, all at once to win. Avatar it's The Way of Water. It's something different. James, Avatar The Way of Water. Don't I care. don't care. I didn't see it. I will eventually watch it. I'd like to have seen it in the theater, but I could not find the time. And by that, I mean I didn't make the time. And I don't, I don't care about Smurf snorks. All right. I got a kid upset. Elvis. Uh -huh. Yeah, it was overdone. Yeah. All right. And Tar, I still haven't seen it, although I'm a fan of the director. And Kate Blanchett. And Kate Blanchett. So this has been this has been Bonehead Weekly Fun Size talking about the Oscars. We'll see you next week. Possibly, if, unless Glenn and Ben get in, to or, get rid of us. Or you die of COVID. Which I have, everybody. Mwah. Doodle, you just <laughs> blew it your way to Australia. Yes, I did. All right. I'm taking y'all with me along with the frogs. Well, raccoons trying to get on our back porch. Mama just chasing them off with a broom. All right, Ben, it's time for recommendations. And because, you know, as we all know, I've been moving house lately, I haven't had a chance to watch much at all if it's not work-related. But a movie I did watch recently, in fact, I did the entire trilogy, was Bad News Bears. So I'm going to have to talk about the first one. I, I'd forgotten how damn great this movie was. And it's essentially like the blueprint for all of those coach team movies like the mighty ducks yeah. or little giants and cool Runnings, and i forgot about that aspect as well 
but the difference was, and it was pretty controversial at the time, is all these kids are just potty mouth. Like they're feral yeah. kids and they their language is deplorable, which I love the 70s nature of this, the things that some of these kids say. Obviously, yeah. you couldn't get away with today, but it's of the time. And not only that, but Walter Matthau's alcoholism and alcohol consumption, there's no apology for it. He just is a drunk and he gives beers to the kids. Yeah, That's what I loved about it. And back in those days, it didn't matter. Funnily enough, I kind of liken it a lot to... Uh, Bad Santa with the way Billy Bob Thornton is. Absolutely. Enough, more so than Billy Bob Thornton in the remake of the Bad News Bears, <laughs> which I, I'm, I'm curious, are you going to go, go back and rewatch that now that you've seen the three I can't, the I, originals? I, I, I want to, but I can't bring myself to because I don't like that one. Well, see, now, at the time I remember watching it, I think I, I don't think I had seen the original Bad News Bears for like a very long time when I watched Yeah. The remake, and yep. apart from it just being a very typical of those kind of movies and uh, of those movies of that era, yeah, there are a couple of moments. Oh, it has moments that I thought were hilarious, but it's no the original. I think for me, I went in knowing that Richard Linklater had made it, and I had expectations, and it, yeah. it just didn't cut the mustard for me. But um, but no, this one's great. It, it had it's ta- much better than School for Scandals, the other <laughs> yeah, well, great film that Billy Bob Thornton remade. Um, Tatum O'Neill's in it and she's really good. She's great. And she came into this right off the back of her Oscar for oh, Paper Moon. Paper Moon. Um, a teenage um, Jackie Earl Haley. He's like... He's amazing. He's great. But he's good all the way through this franchise, right? Yeah. So that's the interesting thing. They made three films and a TV series out of this original one. And part two was really quite good. It surprised me. I thought it would be a real step down, but... They've removed the the emotional stuff from it, right? So it's not so much a coming-of-age story. They've turned it into a frat house kind of story. So it's right. the bears are on the road. He's too young to drive, but he's got to, you know, he's driving a van anyway and there's getting up to mischief, right? And then Willem Devaney comes into it. And is that his name, Willem Devane? Devane. Devane comes into it as Haley's father. Right. And it's a whole different dynamic. And it's really just a good movie. And then number three, they go to Japan and it's just the worst. Like... It's is as it, bad as they say. Is it as good as Mr. Baseball? Ooh, ooh. I actually quite like it. I kind of like yeah, Mr. Baseball. Yeah, Mr. Baseball's I mean, it's okay. A weird, it's a weird film, but I kind of like it. Yeah, I do too. Um, I don't know. Uh, anyway, Bad News yeah. Bears 3 is not worth the money. Uh, I do have to check it out. I'll have to, it's a shame you packed them all up. Otherwise, I, w- I would be asking to borrow the second too. Well, I can tell you one thing is that I did send you a short clip of one great moment with a pillow fight and a kid on the toilet eating yeah. KFC. It was the best. That's the best part of the whole movie. <laughs> that kid's living my dream life. <laughs> anyway, so Bad News Bears, everyone. It, it got released, all three of them did, through imprint on Blu-ray, worth purchasing as a trilogy. Make it a complete set because it's got good commentaries and things like that as well. On to your recommendation, mate. Uh, well, look, like you, I I've been, I found myself watching a lot more TV shows than, than movies recently, but one I did catch up with mm. uh, was a film from 1968 called The Secret War of Harry Frigg. Right. Uh, it uh, I really it was a it stars Paul Newman and I was I was when I found it I was surprised that there's a Paul Newman movie that I hadn't I just hadn't heard of. Yeah. Not that I hadn't seen there's plenty of those, but that I just never yeah. heard of. And so I like I popped it on and I'm like this is actually I was actually it's it's got a weird start, but especially for him because he's kind of unlikable at the start. Sure. But once it gets into it, it's a, it's actually a lot of fun. The basic premise of the film is it's set in World War Two. And these four uh, brigadier generals are at this um, kind of they're, in a, they're all hanging out in a sauna yep. in I think in Italy, mm-hmm. 
before it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's in somewhere in Europe. They're somewhere in Europe. They're not in the UK. They're somewhere in, in Europe, and it's um, Tom Bosley from uh, oh, Happy, Happy Days. Days. He's one of the generals. Um, who are the other ones? Um, Andrew Duggan, uh, John Williams, Charles Gray. Uh, and they're all so, the, but they're all of the same rank. Yeah. And they get taken to this uh, um, uh, countess's villa in Italy and held prisoner. The, the villa is <laughs> it's for because they're so high ranking. It's like a luxury prison. Yep. Due to their due to their rank, but because they're all the same rank, they can't escape because none of them are willing to to do one of the other's plans to escape. They keep voting it down, so. It becomes a kind of like this laughing stock. So back in uh, in the UK, this uh, uh, American general decides what they're going to do is they're going to find someone to purposely get captured who's going to outrank them all, so that then they have to escape because suddenly ah. he can do it. In, enter uh, Paul Newman, who is this? He's a private, and he's spent his entire time being sent to the brig. And escaping to try, try and get back home because he doesn't want to fight in the war and he's not interested in being told what to do. So he just <laughs> and so he just keeps escaping. So then they go, this guy's great at escapes. We'll just promote him to a general, a rank above brigadier, send him into this place, and he can rescue the guys. But what happens when he gets there is he loves being in charge, and he's like, this place is actually pretty good. And then he spots Sylvia Koskina, who is the countess who owns the villa. And he's kind of like, hey, uh, I like her. She likes me. I'm just going to stick around. So he just keeps delaying yep. the escape. And of course, it's kind of like a bit of a kind of a screwball comedy. It is great. Awesome. Definitely worth checking don't you, out. Don't you love it when like, I mean, it's a bit frustrating too. You, you discover something you've never heard of before. But mm. in my mind, I'm thinking, how many people know about this? Like, yeah. you know, and where was I all this time? Yeah. <laughs> and I feel really disappointed in myself. Yeah, that I just, and it's such a, the Secret War of Harry Freak, like it's a yeah. name that kind of sticks in yeah, your you. Think if you think if you come across it, you'd know it. Yeah. Well, anyway, there you go. So two recommendations, and that pretty much brings us to the end of the show. So episode two in the bag, mate. We'll be back at the desk next week, though, in an all new setup, and hopefully it's set up. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait either. And um, next week, also, you and I are going to be chatting to Tom Matthews. So mm. that's the guy from Return of the Living Dead, Friday the Thirteenth Part Six, and most importantly. A dozen Albert Pune movies, uh, so I can't <laughs> wait to uh, can't wait to share that interview with you all. Hey, thanks to Jarrett for his uh, his chat earlier with the new release update. Cheers to the Boneheads also who actually delivered that segment really really quickly with a turnaround that was like four hours. So I was like amazed at what they did. So do appreciate you guys. Listen to the Bonehead Weekly podcast. You can catch that on any kind of podcast platform. YouTube if you want to look at their faces. <laughs> You can also catch me and Chloe on Wednesday night uh, from 10.30. It's the uh, Wednesday Up Late podcast. It is a podcast now. We've rejigged it. You can watch the video on YouTube and, you, and um, Facebook, but we do have a podcast on all the platforms now too. But Anyway, Ben, it's been a pleasure. Always. So a movie that no one talks about is Nothing But Trouble, and I've got a song from it. The Julia Roberts... No. The, the Dan Aykroyd and uh, Demi oh, Moore. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, no one talks about it. <laughs> Chevy Chase. What's the one with uh, Julia Roberts and Nick Nolte? Oh, that's Blue Chips. I love Trouble. Oh, I love Trouble. Yes, that's right. <laughs> blue Chips. No, that's different. That's different. I think I love Trouble. Julia Roberts is in Blue Chips? <laughs> I love Trouble's the one that he, he ate raw onions before he kissed yeah, her. Yeah, because he hated her so much. <laughs> yeah. 
They hated each other. Uh, he is everything that's trouble, but nothing but trouble. This is a song called Same Song by Digital Underground. So we'll see you next week when we uh, we have Tom Matthews on the show. As I kick the J's, easy watch style, R&B, mixing it with the hip-hop, swing beat, champagne in my hand, it won't be long till I'm gone, it's just the same old song. It's just the freestyle, meanwhile we keep the beat kicking, sweat dripping, girlies in the limo eating chicken, oops, don't get the grease on your pantyhose, I love your rubber, move over, I gotta blow my nose, sneezing, but still I'm pleasing all the slimmies, pull out my jimmy, time to get busy with a jenny, if it's good and plenty, don't you know, there I go, there I go, there I go, but I don't go nowhere without my gym hat, what I'm rapping is if she's clapping, then I'm strapping cause I'm smarter than that And then girly, maybe we can get along Cutie after cutie, it's just the same old song It's the same old song, y'all uh, It's just the same old song Down. Well, as a matter of fact, I'll be right back. I gotta take a leaky. So I'm draining entertainers. But I got fame and the bases I touch. Too much for me to try to be naming. Hey, yo, he saw me on cable and grip. I busted in and I was going to win. Like Clark Gable back in Oakland. It's the same old song for Sporty Shorty. Same freckles and hat, drinking the same Ford. Hypothetical, political, lyrical, miracle whip. Just like butter. My rhymes are legit because I'm a Humpty. Not Humpty Dumpty, but Humpty Hump. Here a hump, there a hump, everywhere I'm Humpty Hump. Uh, shut up and just listen. Not dissing, don't get me wrong. But to me, it's just the same old song. So just watch, cause my name is Shock, I like to rock and you can't stop this Tupac, go ahead and rock this Now I clown around when I hang around with the underground Girls used to frown, say I'm down when I come around Gas me and when they pass me, they used to diss me Harass me, but now they ask me if they can kiss me Get some fame, people change, wanna live their life high Same song, can't go wrong if I play the nice guy Claiming fame must have changed now that we became strong I remain still the Why same, too? cause it's the same song It's the same song Same old song, y'all
That's all I have to say about that.